Hello, and thank you so much for listening to WBAI. This is WBAI.org, 99.5 FM, New York. And I'm Katie Halper. You may know me from the very creatively titled Katie Halper Show, which you can hear Wednesdays at 7 p.m. on WBAI. And also, make sure you come to the live shows that we do every second Wednesday of the month at the Brooklyn Commons at 7 p.m. They're always a great time. And we are doing some special coverage of the Women's March. And I'm here in the studio with, of course, I can't get into the studio without this guy, Reggie Johnson. Uh, hey, Katie. Uh, hey, Reggie. It's not a Wednesday. I, I'm not used to this. I know. We're, we're really shaking things up here. Yeah, it, it really I is. mean, you know what else we're not used to? What is that? Having Donald Trump as president. Well, that's something that we just have to get used to, but yeah. you just don't have to submit to. Right, exactly. Yeah, Resist, so. the resistance. And Reggie, of course, is the engineer-in-chief, uh, the EIC, as I call him. <laughs> and I'm really excited to have with me live in studio also Karina Moreno, who is a professor of public administration at Long Island University, Brooklyn, a.k.a. LIU. Karina, thank you for coming. Hi, hi. Thank you for inviting me. Of course. And Karina was at the Women's March, and she's going to give us some feedback and report back here in New York City. And Karina is also just to, it's kind of interesting perspective, especially since we're talking about Donald Trump um, or the resistance to Donald Trump. Karina is a native of Monterrey, Mexico, and then she moved to Laredo. Do I say Laredo? Laredo, what do people say? Laredo, but no no one says that. Laredo, Laredo, yes. Laredo, Texas. South Texas. South Texas. And now she's a Brooklynite. And of course, uh, as everyone remembers, Donald Trump kicked off his his campaign, as we covered on the Katie Alba show. much more comedically than than we should have because we really thought he was a joke at that point. I mean, he is a Mm -hmm. joke, but we thought he wasn't politically viable at that point. Um, He, of course, started off by reminding the world of the Mexican uh, uh, affinity for rape that (laughs) apparently exists. Criminals and rapists. Criminals and rapists, right? We all remember this. He said uh, Mexico sending their... Sending immigrants. Not their best. <laughs> not their best. They're sending immigrants. They're sending. Uh, they're sending rapists and criminals. And there's some people, good people, I assume, which was nice of him to assume. <laughs> he really got woke there for a second. Um, and so I, I thought it would be really interesting because Karina, in addition to just being a very smart uh, academic uh, who writes a lot about immigration and security, mm-hmm. um, and is also a woman. Uh, not that we totally, we of course have a complex relationship with identity politics here, which we'll get into later, but um, I thought she'd be a really perfect person to have talking to us. And also, I want to tell listeners that you can call in at 347-336-0818. Is that 336? I need the glasses. 335? Okay. 347-335-0818. Okay. Again, that's 347-335-0818. I need glasses. Okay. Um, so, again, as everyone probably... That doesn't make you a bad person now. It doesn't. Oh, no, I was just say, yeah. reminding myself. Reggie, well, full disclosure, Reggie has, has glasses. Yeah, I wasn't being glasses, glasses full bit. No, Have you no, had them I for wasn't. a long time? Like, yeah, as a kid? I had them a very long time. For most of my life. Were you a kid with glasses? Oh, yeah. Oh, I was so one cute. Of those, yeah. So cute. I was so. one of those. Yeah, I was one of those people. Did you also <laughs> run with a backpack for, like, the train and, uh, and the bus? One yeah, I was... I ran, well enough to be on the track team. Oh, you were track? Look at you. Oh, yeah. You know who else did track? Who? Bernie. <laughs> did he? Yeah. 
course. Well, that's, well, that's why he that's why he had that stamina. Exactly. <laughs> and ran across the country. The old, the hardest working man in political I mean, business for oldest, Hillary Clinton. Yes. The too. oldest yes. of the candidates was he was probably the most healthiest. Yeah, he probably was. Yeah. And he ran all the exactly. I mean, I didn't see him fainting. Uh, that was scary. I don't that was anyway. So, guys, we're taking your calls. But Karina, tell us what the march was like. And why you came, why you went to the march. Why do you march? I march because I march for, yeah. <laughs> well, this was a great opportunity to just, it's it's so simple. We are just going to start where we're at. Um, and we basically just convened together here in the city. So I I didn't make any drastic uh, type of trip anywhere. I just rolled out of bed and went to Manhattan, right? I, I know a lot of people... I mean, what 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 was the number in in DC over one point five million? Uh, million, yeah. Um, so anyway, so it was very simple. We convened. We and this was a great opportunity for for us to build alliances. Um, one of the really interesting and really exciting things that I saw today is that yes, it's a women's march and it was called a women's march and uh, lots of things framed around women, but so many banners and posters about LGBT, about Muslims, about immigrants, about civil rights, about Black Lives Matter, about healthcare. So really um, an intersectional event. Nice. It was fantastic. Yes. Finally, something intersectional. Yes. Nice. So so that's why I went, because it was something uh, simple that we could do. And, and it's really necessary to start building these alliances with each other, framing our politics about, uh, around basic morals. We all care about access to health care, education, um, and so forth. And this, this was just a great place to start. And what was the most inspiring sign or... Um, thing that you saw, whether it was an exchange, a sign, a speech? I mean, really, it, 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 it was inspiring to see so many people. I, I was overwhelmed with the amount of people that were gathered there today. It was um, really, really impressive. Uh, but also just the energy. The energy was so high, so I was really um, impressed with that as well. And... Um, the signs, I mean, just looking at people's creativity, uh, people's signs uh, that were really funny. So, I mean, just the energy is high and that, that's been... Did you get emotional? Yeah, of course. I felt really hopeful, actually. You know, it's the first day Trump is... Well, yeah, okay, first 24 hours that Trump uh, is president and, and we were all there outside in good spirits and energy was high. Yes, we are completely aware of the situation that we're in. It's not that we're minimizing or anything, but... I think it was, I'm hopeful because I realized I'm not alone. Yes, there are plenty of people here that care about immigrant rights and uh, women's rights and uh, all these other issues that, you know, sometimes you can feel a little bit isolated, feel a little bit like the political discourse is uh, demoralizing. But being out there, I felt uh, quite happy, actually. Great. And again, we're taking your calls. Karina, will you do me a favor and read that number for me with your much more useful eyes? Three four seven, three three five zero eight one eight. Okay, great. So that's three four seven, three three five zero one, one eight. Now, can can you talk to us about your own? Uh, Katie, yeah. that, that that number is actually three four seven, three three five zero eight one eight. Did I say it wrong? Yes, you did. But I didn't. Zero eight one eight. Sorry, but, I wrote it no, right. No, she, she. But I said, she it right. said it right. She yeah. said it right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Blame blame the native. The 
native uh, the Native American. Don't don't try to blame that on a Mexican. I know you listeners, you WBI listeners, were trying uh, to trying to scapegoat. Thank Karina. you, Reggie. Yeah, um, Native American. Yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> don't did I? I said American, which is American. different from Native. That means I'm a I'm a I'm a non-native, you, you but you know you I'm white basically. You, you, you should real. just continue on. All right, fine. That, we do do that. Yeah, white people do that in general. Yeah. Not a lot of accountability. <laughs> um, in general. So, uh, t can you tell us about your own immigration experience? Uh, so, w you mean that I came here undocumented? Um, okay. Well, yeah, I came here undocumented. Uh, I. Uh, was I came here with the dream of like just being able to go to college in the U.S. I did my bachelor's and my master's in Laredo, Texas, um, at a university called Texas A&M International. Um, I love them; they're great. It was a great experience. And uh, from there, I was accepted into a PhD program at Rutgers University School of Public Affairs and um, did my PhD. Uh, and yeah, that's You're why exactly what Donald Trump is warning us against. Right? <laughs> Yet another, another. Uh, I don't know what would he call you? No Cri crime, no crime, and no no rape. No, no crime, no rape. Um, and but, how old were you when you became documented? Uh, it was actually, uh, in I was already in college that I got a, a green card. Uh, immigration before. I mean, it was it was right after 9/11. So immigration has changed significant significantly then uh, since then. But uh, basically, I petitioned an immigration judge in Texas f to allow me to stay. I had a I had a high school I had high school grades. Basically, I spent a year in high school, and uh, um, he he basically took mercy on me and and Great. let me stay awesome yeah. it shouldn't be a mercy question but unfortunately it is it should be a justice question but we'll get to that later on. i was i was under 18 so that really uh impacts whether you can stay or not it helps right? you mm -hmm. okay great so we have our first caller hello caller yes hello uh my statement basically is it's unfortunate that donald trump is in the White House. However, this has to be treated like a political disease, and a political and a disease is basically treated with antibiotics. The antibiotics will be the leaders in the community, and the leaders that the leaders of the community are organizers of the community that can actually go to Trump Center and speak to him directly in regards to representing the people in the community that cannot speak for themselves. It's unfortunate that again that he's, he is in the White House, but this this energy, all the energy that we have, which is powerful. It has to be utilized properly in order to take care of this infestation of political unjust. So the best thing we can do as a community is to start organizing and getting someone to go to the, to the Trump Center and to speak to him directly. He, he appears to be, um, well, based on the news, but however we can get in there to speak to him, it needs to be addressed in that way, you know. Um, he cannot reach every different, every individual with every problem, but we can somehow try to reach the political arena that he involves it, him, himself in. So that's my statement. Great. Thank you so much. And, and it is really important. And, you know, I'm very grateful that you brought up the issue of how it's like a, um, a disease, because one of the things I, I find really scary is how people are, to continue the metaphor, and actually I've been talking about it this way, you know, we talk a lot on the Katie Helper Show about uh, why Trump is president, what happened, and what we have to learn from his victory uh, in order to be effective political organizers. And a lot of people will say, 
stop Monday morning quarterbacking, stop looking backwards, you know, how can you be talking about this at a time like this, stop relitigating the primary, and exactly the, the, the analogy of the disease is so important because, look, we have a disease right now, we have a flare-up, right, like really bad case of Trumpitis, and um, I don't even want to say Trumpitis because that makes it seem like the disease is based only on Trump and it's not that's not right. what it is right Trump is a symptom of something else let's say right and um, if we don't diagnose this disease correctly and how we got the disease and what this disease is we can't treat it correctly right and then it gets exacerbated like if we think of this as a lethal potentially deadly disease no doctor would say oh forget it forget diagnosing it let's just go in there and treat it I don't care about how, how what disease it is, right? In fact, if you treat a disease incorrectly, if you misdiagnose a disease and you treat it incorrectly, what happens? The, the patient can die, right? Not to be too dramatic about it. But that's why I think this talk of, of dismissing um, the causes of, of how we got here and not just this, the, the kind of things that happen in the country that made the population susceptible to Trumpism, but also the way the Democratic Party handled this election and... Um, you know, the Democrats are not learning the correct lessons at all. They are kind of doubling down. And so we need to keep talking about what happened until people finally acknowledge what happened. Because, again, this is not about Bernie would have won, uh, which he would have. It's not about that. <laughs> it's really about saying what happened, right? And if we don't take learn the important takeaways from it, we are doomed to live under Trump and doomed to live under him maybe for two terms and also to, to not be able to fight his agenda. So thank you for bringing that up. Can I say something? Sure. One, one thing also to pay attention to, um, one thing I just wanted, I agreed with everything you said except one thing. We, in order to treat a disease, you must find the cause and effect. Because in order to treat it, you need to know what the sources are. So it, it, you need, they need politically need to get on the underlying causes. Yeah, exactly. Everything politically so that you can find the proper antibiotic and the proper antibiotic would be everybody putting in their particular ingredient in all community, all walks of life. And just making this work because it, it, it's not like this is going to go anywhere and the rally is going to take care of it. What the rally is going to do is bring attention to the fact of how many people are disturbed by this. However, right. we must still, as you say before, work together to, to take care of this political disease. Right, because an it, effective it, it, resistance. Oh, great analogy. Yeah. I didn't even think of that. The resistance, right? Yes. Yeah. Yes. So, yeah, I think we agree on that, that we have to diagnose it and we have to get to the source of it. And that's yeah, a great point. Um, yeah, one of the things that also was mentioned today f uh, from a couple of organizers is that this is not a one-time thing. Uh, this is something, you know, we, we have to keep organizing and keep um, building on this and we have to keep um, momentum and energy even when we're tired, even after we're exhausted and all of this. It, it, this is not some short-term um, strategy. Right, exactly. Yeah. yeah, and we have to be smart about how we're going to organize, right? Right. Um, right. And identify. Longevity. The longevity. longevity yeah. Mm -hmm. Yes. Right. And I'm actually, something I find really important to talk about is who we can reach and who we can't reach. Um, and I think there's an interesting moment. I really do think there's an interesting uh, a moment for real potential organizing and engagement of people who are, are I think there are a lot of people who we, ha who we don't think of as allies who we can reach as allies. And I'm not being Pollyanna-ish or delusional or naive about this. I think there's some people, it's a Venn diagram, right? We already have some people in our in our camp. Um, 
maybe an inappropriate word choice given that Trump is president, <laughs> but we already have some people on our, on our team. We have some people who are not on our team and will absolutely never join our team. And then we have a lot of people who aren't on our team, but I think we can bring into the fold. And it's, I think it's our duty as organizers to do that. Um, thank you so much. Do we have another call, or are we just going to? Okay, yet. not just, yet. Yeah. Uh, give the, uh, once again, that number is 347-335-0818. Call in. Call in your opinions about what has happened today and as well as the past couple of days. Yeah. And, Karina, tell me, if you will, about what your experience of Trump's campaign was like as, as someone who had been undocumented and what your experience is of his presidency. I mean, do you walk around in a state of anxiety that you didn't have before Trump? Or I don't mean to put words in your mouth because you may not, but. Uh, I mean, I remember when he rode down the escalator to announce that he was running for president. I remember the speech, uh, criminals and rapists. I mean, I know it's, you know, we joke about it, but the rhetoric, you know, some some people will say, uh, you know, we shouldn't be so concerned with manners or social etiquette. But actually, I think discourse um, and, and rhetoric is really important because it sort of uh, becomes this undercurrent in the way that we treat people and the way that we justify policy and different measures. Um, and so, yeah, I've, I've felt that the Trump, uh, Trump as president, I felt that, not to, again, this is goes back into the whole, uh, debate on identity politics, but I think especially if you're Mexican or if you're Muslim, you feel this extra sense of, um, insecurity where your citizenship is questioned and challenged um, and just you know how American you are uh, comes into play and uh, you become sort of like uh, it, it becomes us and them and we are the them we are the the other and right. it's, it's awful it's an awful feeling I, I don't know how to really explain that um, and and again it's complicated because I'm I'm a professor and I'm a woman and all these other things so maybe people think I'm being a little sensational but it's a it is and when I was undocumented it's I, that's why I feel so awful I feel so awful for all the people that are here um, undocumented in this country at this time because when I was undocumented actually I, I didn't have I had so much anxiety every day this sort of like over uh, this little cloud hanging right. over you so much shame uh, about that and uh, and it was not the political climate that we are in now. So, so you're saying you can bear, you can't even imagine. I can't even be imagine like. because the climate was so different when it was me, and so even though I felt incredi incredibly shameful about that, um, there was nothing. There was no big threat on the table. So you didn't um, feel the fear, yeah, maybe, or right. did you feel fear but not as much, or? Yeah, there was just nothing. Uh, th there was no big threat in my face right. that that I'd be deported right away, or right. you know, it, it was this sort of baggage that I carried everywhere that I, I knew I was undocumented, uh, and uh, you tried to navigate the world <laughs> the world as best right. you can, but uh, it's become so so much more of an issue. And right. So Which is important polarized. because we just think of fear, and it's fear is, of course, a very uh, scary, uh, no pun intended thing. But you brought up the shame issue, which is also, you know, this is something to think about. Right. right. People think, you know, this is uh, immigration is a, a, an issue that is politicized, you know, over and over again, especially during election time. So uh, people uh, 
maybe they're, if they're not aware that you are undocumented, speak about undocumented people in a certain way. And so, yeah, you feel this incredible amount of shame about, you know, people consider me a lawbreaker, even though I came here because I wanted to go to college. And um, <laughs> You're cr criminally intellectual. Um, uh, well, and we have another caller. Yes. Thank you. Calling you on the air. Hello. Hi. Yes, I like to say there's a new song after Trump was elected. It's Trump in charge. Oh, like the Charles in charge thing? Yep. <laughs> I like it. You know what? You, that's a great idea. I Hi, I'm Reggie. Hey, hey. Top of the doing? Bronx here. Hey, what's up? Yeah, how are you? Yeah, Trump in charge of our days and our nights. Trump in charge of our wrongs and our rights. You know what? You just inspired me. I'm going to buy next week. I'm not kidding. I'm going to have a cover version of that song, a parody. What's your name so I can thank you? And Todd. Yeah, Todd, Todd from the Bronx. Todd from, from the Bronx. Bronx. Well, yeah. I actually did this week, uh, and you can find it on, uh, if you go to my Twitter, which is just KT Helps, that's letter K, letter T, H-A-L-P-S. Um, we should actually link to it on WBI, but I did a cover video, a parody of Rihanna's song Stay uh about obama which oh you is... want me to play that oh sure we could do that yeah uh, we can I'll play that at it, some point yeah it. but i yeah. made the video i filmed myself in a bathtub like rihanna did and uh i talk about obama and it's it's for people like you know us uh who aren't huge who are disappointed in obama but also recognize that he has undeniable charm swagger appeal but also that his policies are not as scary as trump's um and we can talk about the role that obama played in uh helping elect trump etc but uh that's for another show um and yeah, thank you. We're going to do that. Okay, doke. Thanks a lot. Trump in charge of our Trump days and on the new pres <laughs> in the neighborhood lives in New York, which you, isn't you that may understood. actually can get Scott Bayo to. Uh, oh my God, <laughs> you're right, Scott. I know you're listening to WBI. You love WBI. <laughs> you you know what the interesting thing about today was also that I want to say it wasn't so it wasn't about a a person. It wasn't about. Mm. Uh, you know, specifically about Trump or Hillary or Bernie, um, or even about a, or even about a, a party. Really, it was about okay, how do we address leadership? How do we address policy? Um, we want funding for Planned Parenthood. We want uh, right equal rights. We want you know the gender pay gap, uh, healthcare inclusion. I mean, all these. It, it really was uh, posters about issues. Yes, some of them were really funny, and they were specifically about Trump. But it was not so much a Trump uh, protest. Mm. It was what? I would say. what do you say it was then? It was a. I mean, just uh, no. None of this exclusionary, uh, politically divisive, um, punitive measures that we keep uh, the rhetoric we keep he hearing right. over and over. Um, the repealing of Obamacare. Um, right. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, thank you, Republicans. Uh, thank you, Paul Ryan, for. Mm. literally killing people. I heard plenty of comments today about Paul Ryan. Yeah, yeah, people are not happy with him. So you have blood on your hands. Literally. I mean, I want people <laughs> to know that... No, he does. No, I, I'm not... The pro-life... You are not pro-life, my friend, when you uh, deny people health care. And I know we on the left think that Obamacare, the Affordable Care Act, uh, was insufficient, which it was. It but isn't it perfect, but it covered a something. lot of people, yeah. And um, I just think that... I don't know how Paul Ryan and all the Republicans can sleep at night. And something interesting that that you reminded me of when you're talking about the rhetoric is I have to admit that I think a lot of people on the left think like, and I do think this, that, that Trump 
not to his credit, but one of the good things about Trump is that he lays it out. His the the racism, the xenophobia, the scapegoating is so obvious that we can really rally around it and against it in a way that someone like Paul Ryan he doesn't wear it on his sleeve, but he passes scary legislation, right? So he passes racist. Uh, homophobic, uh, sexist, misogynist, anti-worker, anti-people legislation. But the thing that we do have to remember is that it it, it shouldn't be dismissed that Trump is is contributing to an environment in which people do feel fearful in a way that they don't with, let's say, Paul Ryan. But I also don't want to dismiss Paul Ryan, right? Like like he's sneaky because he passes policy that harms people. Right. But we have to be kind of fighting both things, right? Yeah. And and this is a professor in me that says, you know, some people will say, who cares about, you know, he's a clown, he's whatever. We can, it doesn't matter. But the professor in me actually thinks it does matter that we teach people how to conduct themselves in a professional, in a, in a, basic humane way you know right. and he's been so demeaning right and uh vulgar right. but we have to not get distracted in our organizing around right it's my fear is that we get right so, we're not we're so we're not fighting twitter yeah. that we keep our eye on that and we're keep, we, our eye is not on the ball of the legislation the policy right. changes right so we have to do both um yeah and we have another caller you on the air hi it's the call with City Watch calling in just to report some final comments from D.C. Uh, we got the march today. Great. Thank you. Sure. So um, it was, uh, I think probably people have been saying it's been, it was um, way too many people than uh, they had estimated, which was wonderful. And the overflow crowd um, made it so that the march that they had originally planned, the march route on Independence Avenue, that people couldn't, um, the march couldn't proceed down that because people were actually standing um, in the street. So in the end, there were marches down all the streets in D.C., from what I could tell. They were going in different directions. Um, You know, we walked around around 10 different blocks, and um, marchers were going, you know, north on one block, east on another block, you know, know, south on another block. It was quite amazing, actually. And so it was... um, Great signs. We were talking about Paul Ryan, and I actually snapped a picture of um, marchers come, going down Pennsylvania Avenue, and there was a Paul Ryan sign right in the middle of all these signs, and it said, um, "Paul Ryan sucks too." <laughs> so it was quite inter- it was, it was a, remember you know, quite a, yeah. yeah very a lot of interesting signs right. And we're actually thank you so much. Um, sure. And uh, we're and thanks for helping organize it. Sure. Uh, we're now going to call Linda Perry, um, who, of course, is from, uh, you know, has uh, uh, does the news every, every Monday through Friday at 6 p.m. on WBI. Linda Perry is a great, great, great reporter. And she is um, was at the ra- at the march in D.C. and she's on a bus right now on her way back. So we're going to be speaking to her shortly. Um, and again, you, we're taking your calls as well at 347. Thank you very much. Um, And then we're going to talk to Karina more about kind of the legal implications and policy implications of a Trump presidency and what he can actually do. I mean, of course, we don't really know uh, and we won't know until it happens, but uh, we're going to talk about what can be done in terms of uh, executive orders 
in terms right. of DACA, sanctuary cities, detention centers. Uh, so, Katie, we have. Uh, I'm sorry to interrupt. Oh yes, you. we have. We have, Linda? Ka- we have uh, Linda Great. Perry on Linda, the air right now. Linda, thank you for, for talking to us. Hi, Linda. Hey, Katie. How are you? So it it was uh, it was quite insane, I must say, today. How so? Um, there were, you know, some of the estimates are that there were 500,000 women, people, men, women, uh, transgender people, all kinds of people, Where children. Are you? There were in, so in many D.C.? Children. I am now, I am now on a bus coming back from D.C. And um, so it was just insane. I'm sure that there were more than half a million people because they're estimating that there were 480,000 uh, metro clicks. At one point ah. this afternoon, so um, so it was just it was so crowded, and it was very poorly um, or purposely orchestrated by uh, by the by the authorities there to to try to stagger people because people stayed all around DC and they had to come in on metros, and, and some of the uh, the metros didn't arrive on time at all. You know, they kept coming in. The march, the, the rally was supposed to begin at 10. The buses, the, the metros, uh, it just would pause between stations, and uh, people started coming in to the rally at about 11 and even at noon. So everything was getting late, and, and all of these streets were just totally filled. People were, uh, were trying to get to bathrooms, and, and there were lines about a mile long just to get to the bathrooms. But um, but once once people were at the rally, the energy was, was amazing. Yeah. And um, one of my favorite uh, one of my favorite things that I saw was a guy was selling the red hat. You know, the Make America Great Again hat. Mm-hmm. But it said WTF America. On oh, nice. It, and people were buying that. Oh, nice. And uh, <laughs> so that was kind of funny to to just see at the beginning of it all. And um, and and then of course there were all those beautiful pink uh, kitty hats. I the guess pink we'll hats. Them. Oh, right, yeah. Yes. Because Everyone. we're not allowed to say the word. Yeah. yeah. No, they you cannot say the word, Linda. I thought that Trump so would normalize that word, uh, like a feminist. That's yeah. good that you say that, Reggie, because I was, <laughs> was going to comment. I've never seen the word so much ever in my life. I know, I know. <laughs> we all, we can assume, we all know what it is, but we can't say it on <laughs> yeah. unfortunately. So, so it, was, it was very empowering for women. Um, to be there, and, and many women brought their children. I saw so many little children, and little seven-year-old girls, Samira was wearing a sign that said, future policy member. Nice. Um, Go Samira. Another woman, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> a lot of little right. girls with feminist signs. Yeah, and uh, another, a mother brought her five-year-old because she wants to protect reproductive rights for her children. Mm. Um, and, you know, there were the, the issues that were going on the day before in resistance to the um, Trump nomination, or Trump, Trump, I'm sorry, inauguration, we're still continuing into the next, and today, um, you know, some of the same issues, uh, people being so upset about the uh, supposed, or the, the repeal of, of Obamacare that's underway, um, a 26-year-old woman I talked to was uh, so upset because she had just gone on it, and she couldn't no longer be on her parents' plan and was worried about her grandparents being thrown off of this who need it and who have health conditions. You know, so there, there were various concerns, LGBT rights, um, 
people said they were marching for equality, they were marching to have a voice, they were marching for respect, for diversity, for integrity, um, and of course for reproductive rights. So there were so many reasons that people were marching, but basically people were gaining energy from each other. And um, a young woman I'm sitting next to on the bus here who has some children said that she was too beloved and and so thought it was so awesome to hear Gloria Steinem. So, uh, you know, that was, that's the kind of field of a lot of unity. It wasn't, as, as I think your guest was saying, or, or one of the callers was saying, you know, that it wasn't really an anti-Trump rally. You know, there was a lot of anti-Trump, but it was more of a unity rally, and it was mm-hmm. a, here we are, and we're, we're getting together, and we're going to fight for, for women's rights and for the rights of all people. And, um, and also what I noticed was it was the first time a lot of people were on these kind of marches. Mm-hmm. You know, it was the first time sure. that they felt political. And not just young women, but even older women who hadn't felt political before. Now they felt that there was a real need to get involved and, right. and to, to take action. So, um, so that's a bit of... And, and some of the older women were, were just uh, saying, you know, one woman... I kind of wrote down what she said. Let me see if I can find it again. Uh, uh, she, she was this woman from Baltimore, and she said, um, well, one of the things she said was when the tough get, you know, when, when the going gets tough, women get, get tougher. But what she was saying was, you know, she didn't expect to, uh, to have to march again. Mm. You know, she had marched 30 years ago. But other people said that, this, who had marched before, said, no, no, this is different. Because it wasn't the Constitution that was being violated before. Mm. So, so even though we're marching again, we're marching for different reasons. We're marching to counteract Trump and his administration and the people that he's put in power. Mm. So, right. So basically, here you have it, Katie. Well, thank you so much, Linda. And Linda Perry, who uh, does the news every uh, weekday night at 6 p.m. on WBAI. That's WBAI.org. Oh, one other thing, oh, yeah. Katie, you'll, you'll love. Women started shouting out, free Melania. Hilarious. That's great. And it's something that's very important. I, I think actually we need to be, I think we, we could try to, Ivanka's not, we're not going to reach Ivanka. But I feel like Melania may be some kind of Did slave. you see that dance? Oh, the, my yeah. God. To Did my you way? See, oh, you saw that was so Oh, funny. no. That was Did someone that was CNN screaming out for help. On? Exactly. Did you see did you see CNN carry on and that was down? <laughs> no. Oh, I, my goodness. Like, I'm, there was nothing else going on in the world except for Melania and her gown. Yeah, I know. Uh, <laughs> that was crazy. Goodness. All right, you guys. See you back up. in New York. Okay, great. Okay. Thanks, Linda. All right. That was Linda Perry. We also have on the line um, Janet Coleman, who is a producer of uh, Cat Radio Cafe, um, went to the march in New York City, all right? It's like, no, I did not. No? I am injured, and so I had oh. to do my job of reporting on all of the all of the media and all of my friends who were at all of the marches everywhere and tried to cull from their reports uh, an, uh, some of the information about this remarkable snowballing event, which I think is a real game-changer, and I think is the final moment when the sleeping giant has risen. The women of the world, again, are back in town. Uh, so much so that I heard that there is now a shortage of pink wool. Wow. <laughs> 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 the pussycat hat. Right. Yeah. We got to go back she to... She said uh, pussycat. It's okay. Yeah, it's, I can <laughs> say that. No, 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 no. I was just saying the I'm pink wool. I was just here. laughing at that. I wasn't laughing at that. Not a pink one. <laughs> so, 
the you know, um, the fact is here that this, uh, the march, which is way, way larger than anyone, I think, expected, the proliferation of them in every city, in Rome, Paris, London, Madrid. Antarctica. Mm-hmm. I tell Madrid. you, they had an, uh, a march wow. in Antarctica. Well, they have a lot to complain about. They're losing yes. their ice shelf. Yeah. Um, and uh, every, you know, hundreds of cities in in uh, the United States have uh, formed here, and this is an interesting to me political development because usually we go to a march and we count the numbers afterwards, and if it was five hundred thousand or a million people, we think, wow, we've got a movement. Well, we have a movement, whether we expected it or planned it or arranged it or not. This happened spontaneously, and it happened on a grassroots level, and I think every one of these communities or cities or towns, wherever a march was held, those people are going to have to step up to the plate and take some political action uh, on the grassroots level. And let's face it, that's where this whole left wing failed until Bernie, uh, you know, raised the, hoisted the flag for it. So I think we really... By, uh, by the way, St. Thomas's Church, I think on 53rd Street, played chimes out while the marchers passed by. Nice. Some of them nice things that really happened. And Sean Spicer, uh, the new press secretary for Trump, has already been on the air because they are in such denial about how crowded these uh, marches right. were <laughs> that they're co- already complaining that the camera angles were fixed yeah, and the right. press was fixed. And well, blah, they, would blah, 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 blah. they would know because they had to do that for the inauguration footage, right, right? to make it look like well, more people were there. Well, they had at least, they had half. They're reporting that half of the uh, people in Washington showed up yesterday for the inaugural. Yeah, it, was it wasn't a thin even, crowd, a it, thin right. crowd. Yeah, it was like barely at 200,000, right? That's right. And they can't, st- I mean, that's the one thing he can't stand. He will have to say that the photos were fixed. Right. Mm-hmm. So this is going to be a re. I mean, it shows that the, the Republicans and the Republican Party are in serious denial. Right. And we have to be in serious acceptance that right. it, we have a role to play yeah. here now, and it's going to be very important. And WBAI has got to rise to the occasion, and yeah. women flock around us. Everybody pay your checks, pay your dues. we got to have the sleeping giant belongs uh, listening to us, so keep yeah. it going. Thank you so much, Katie, for taking this on, and all, the, uh, all my... Uh, sisters in at WBAI. It was a thrilling event. Yeah, well, thank you so much. Thank you. And uh, also, we want to thank Catherine Davis for coordinating today's programming. Yeah, uh, she was a big Thank she you was so much. Yeah, speaking big, of women organizing. Yeah, big time. She's, yeah. She bigly, rises, bigly. <laughs> well, she rises to the occasion yes. on, on, pretty often when it comes to events like this. And so. Kudos to Catherine Davis to what she to her contributions and her ongoing fight and understanding of what struggle is all about. Yeah, definitely. Thank you so much, Catherine. Um, Karina, can you tell us about um, as someone who studies immigration, what are the things that we need to look out for under Trump? Well, um, the unfortunate thing is that Obama left this huge infrastructure in place. Uh, this whole machinery already ready. Um, we've had massive deportations under Obama. So, right, the deporter so, in chief, correct? Right. So it's unfortunate to have to hand that over to someone who ran a campaign on uh, a xenophobic campaign on that was very anti-immigrant. Um, so yeah, he he basically is inheriting a lot of power. You know, a lot of power to be able to criminalize. Uh, Immigrants that are here, uh, undocumented, even if they're, you know, 
what something that Obama did was able to do the DAPA and DACA programs through executive order. So if you are if you are a minor, if you are underage, um, and you don't have any criminal uh, history, then y you're protected. Um, but anyways, uh, that will that's something to to look out for. That I I, I would predict is some one of the first things to go uh, under Trump, and that's that's really unfortunate. Uh, one of the things about this these programs were to be able to give uh, IDs or driver's license to pe people who who are undocumented here, and like I said, so many of them being underage that don't even have any memories of ever living in Mexico or or any or what the Mala or whatever country they're from so that's something that I would be on the lookout for also um right i mean one of the last things obama did was a close bid uh a big huge contract to cca um the What's private CCA? Uh, uh, private prison company Mm -hmm. and uh, for family detention. So Obama w awarded this billion-dollar deal to CCA, and they've changed their name to Core Civic now, um, and they'll be running family detention centers where women can be detained with their children, and uh, that's something that I, I'd i be really, uh, I, don't, I don't know, watching out for. Mm. Yeah, could Obama have done stuff more to, to disempower Trump before leaving? Well, I... I don't mean to sound so pessimistic, but I don't think so. As long as you have private prisons running these detention centers and lobbying millions of dollars to pass anti-immigration bills because they're going to get them more revenue and more profit, no, I don't think Obama wow. could have done. Interesting. Someone else? We do that? have another okay, caller great. on the line. Thank you. Caller, you're on the air. Yes, yes. Uh, thanks for taking my call. Thanks for calling. Um, I just want to give people a heads up about how their get down is as far as the social construct uh they they're going to use a, a high high level of sorcery okay through the radio the tv or internet mm. so we have to be real careful what we listen to and what we see see you're so saying you that and they're already intervening the, the <laughs> deep state is already trying to to mute you on the radio yeah. sorry yeah yeah so billboards TV, be careful with your children and your, your young adults watch and listen to because their whole get down is, is their whole base is a, is a sorcery. Mm. Well, thank you. I mean, you're very welcome. He makes a great point about propaganda. Mm -hmm. Yes. <laughs> yeah. How do we, uh, we're going to have to keep on top of that. It's going to be a lot of that. We already have a lot of that. We always have. Yeah. And Karina, what are you wearing by the way? What's that, that, um, the flower on your neck. Your oh, it's the neck. it's the D DSA rose. Nice, I like <laughs> it. That's making a big appearance. Um, D Democratic Socialism or America? Democratic, Democratic Socialists. Socialists of America. Yeah, mm -hmm. great. Their ranks like swelled when Trump was elected. Yes. So thanks, Trump, for empowering the left. Yeah, we and had th a and thanks, big group. Thanks, right wingers, for calling Obama a socialist uh, and wasting, <laughs> blowing your wad on, on such a non-socialist, <laughs> wasting that on him, and also helping destigmatize the word because young people, you know, and the majority of people who off. like, right. yeah, who like Obama now don't think that that's as scary of a word. And also the fact that um, they, they have just focused on this whole thing about socialists and all i mean obama was quite possibly could have been their best friend 
was their, was their best was friend, their right. best friend right. with so many so many things that were uh, conservative uh, minded that got passed through. Right. You totally. Know, so. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I always used to joke when people call Obama a socialist. I was like, if only. Um, and the other thing that's uh, that's interesting is uh, I, people, please um, keep telling me at, uh, that Bernie Sanders wasn't a Democrat. Do you realize like these people are so unintelligent? Just pitch your argument well. Like, do you really think you're going to reach a Bernie Sanders fan? many of which are very against the establishment and think the DNC is awful by reminding us that he's not part of this two-party duopoly that uh, brought us Trump. Thanks, guys. Come on. I am I want to offer free webinars for how to be a better shill for, for the neoliberal wow. order because you guys just aren't good at it. Are you going to create a new website or you are you going to create your own moveon.org? Maybe I should. <laughs> move on. Move on for the right.org. I started. Uh, move away. Move away. Yeah. Move away. Yeah. Move. Eh, get out the way. Um, any other callers? Or we actually have to wrap up. Wow, time yeah. flies when you're having fun talking about Trump. Again, we want to thank um, we want to thank Catherine Davis for this wonderful program for coordinating today's programming, and also Karina Moreno, who's uh, where? What are you on Twitter? Gaddy in Brooklyn, K-A-R-Y in yeah. Brooklyn. And I'm K-T Halps, that's letter K, letter T, H-A-L-P-S. You can catch me every Wednesday night at 7 p.m. on WBI, 99.5 FM, WBI.org. We're going to sign off with my uh, Rihanna cover uh, about Obama. Thanks, guys.
your hair looks so good, great. 